because you are our friend, our God, our Lord, our best friend. Somebody who always said you listen to our prayer, to our suffering. Somebody who is never too late to actually help us. Somebody who always promised to be with us to go through all the our journey through high and lows. That's why we call you our best friend. In a second, Lord Jesus, we want to actually hear a bit of your words. Speak to us, to each individual of us. In a different way from between one person to another. You customize the other word in such a way that each of us will actually listen to you and then get something from you. We open our heart, we open our mind, we open our ears in Jesus' name. Amen. You all may be seated. So we are going back to the uh, uh, to the book of Samuel. We are going to discuss the First uh, Samuel 17, uh, which is a very very famous story of David and Goliath. All right, so I'll wait until the TV is on. Okay. So the uh, the story of the uh, David and Goliath from the First Samuel 17. It is a very, very common story that pretty much actually everyone probably in this room probably already heard of so many times. It is a story that um, I can guarantee that most Christian knew and that in fact non-Christian also knew. So this is a very, very common story uh, because uh, the story is such common we tend to actually lose the real meaning of the story. All that we knew is actually when, when people actually mentioned the word the, uh, David and Goliath, people associated, okay, this is this small boy called David, you know, with, with a small rock slung the, uh, the rock into Goliath's head, and Goliath got the, uh, um, get into his head, and then Goliath died. That's probably what we knew. And then we, uh, if, if somebody actually asks you, what can you learn from the story? And then you probably say, oh, you know, overcoming big problem or overcoming a big giant in our life. But there are actually more into that story that we can actually learn, especially the building up to the battle between David and Goliath. We can actually read uh, from, uh, before we read, let me actually give a, a bit of facts about Goliath. So who is Goliath or, or what did the Bible uh, wrote about Goliath? So the, the Bible say, uh, the height of Goliath is about three meters. All right, so you can imagine three meters, that's his height. And then the, uh, the Bible also say, so the, uh, the Goliath actually wore this um, bronze scale armor, you know, the, the armor, that the, 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 uh, the metal clothing that you use when you go to battle, so it doesn't actually pierce your sword and everything very easily. Now, the, 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 the armor itself, or the metal armor, uh, the, the, the weight is about 58 kilograms. That's what he carried, practically. 58 kilograms everywhere. 
And then the Bible also say, so he used a spear, all right? Now, the, uh, the Bible said the, the iron point of the spear, not the whole spear, all right? Not the whole, you know, when you've got a spear at the, at the edge, you've got this iron portion, you know, the, 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 the one that you sharpen. The iron bit, the iron portion there, it said uh, seven kilograms. So he carried that spear. I don't know. That's just the seven kilograms there. So he carried that spear everywhere. So that's uh, that. You can imagine the size of Goliath. All right. Now, when the Bible actually say about Goliath in the Bible, the first thing that that we knew that he was taunting the Israel. He was actually yelling at the Israel. He was intimidating the Israel. He was actually looking down on Israel. Talking down about Israel. Let, let's read what he said. First Samuel 7, verse 8 to 11. Oh, probably just so you guys can see. All right. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servant of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the, the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israels were dismayed and terrified. Now, let me, let me get this in the, into the picture. For those of you who actually like watching movie, especially like a war movie or battle movie, any, any movie that's got a battle or whatever, when we use the word battle or war, we are talking about involving many people, right? So when we say battle, it's always like many people against many people. That's a battle. That's a war. All right? It was never one-to-one. If it is one-to-one, that's a tournament. That's a, you know, in the boxing ring. That's a tournament. But when we say a battle, it's always that you're involving many people. But in this case, the enemy, in this case Goliath, put a term into Israel. Hey, I'm challenging you one-to-one fight, even though it is a battle. And then the interesting bit, of course, Goliath will say that he was in the advantage side. He was big. He's got all the, uh, he's got all the opportunity to actually win the one-to-one. Of course, he would say that. Now, the bad thing, even Israel actually submit to that term. That's why in the, in the Bible say in the, in the 1 Samuel 17 verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and all the Israel were dismayed and terrified. Now I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining, all right? If Israel said that, hey Goliath, I don't agree with your term. We are in the battle, right? So, so when Goliath actually come up, just one person, when Israel actually, okay, 30 people, you know, you know, uh, whatever, go surround him, or whatever, kill him. They probably won the battle already. 
Because there, there was never an agreement when we say a battle is actually one-to-one. That's what happened to us when the enemy intimidated us. In, the enemy always actually put a term that is advantaging them rather than us. When I say the enemy, it could be the devil himself or could be through other people. Does it mean that the, the enemy actually honor their words? Not necessarily. If you know the story about the David and Goliath, the end story who won? David, right? Did the Philistine actually surrender to Israel? According to what Goliath say? No. It's just, uh, it's just a big mouth to actually get a, a first advantage to, to demoralize uh, Israel, to bring the spirit down. And then if we, in this case, uh, if, if we actually, if the enemy actually putting a, a condition to us, uh, giving, uh, uh, giving us uh, intimidation, and then if we accept that we are already the losing. Could be actually uh, in, in our life, probably, I'm just giving an example here, could be your employer. Your employer intimidating, hey, look, you have to finish this work. Tonight, I don't care if you sleep at 1 a.m. If you don't do this, I'll fire you. I'll get somebody else. That's intimidating. It could be your friends. You need to actually pay for my lunch. If you don't do that, I will exclude you from the uh, friendship. Or it could be actually in, your, in the culture where you are at. You're working and every day, uh, every, every Friday afternoon, everyone go to the pub. Everyone start drinking and you're not a drinker. And then you feel intimidated because the surrounding actually do that and that you are not. There are a lot of intimidation that's actually happening in our lives. Just like what the Goliath did to the Israel. The question is, did we accept that? What does the Bible actually say? The Bible actually say in the, uh, in the uh, 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, afraid, feeling small, feeling little, feeling unworthy. But give us power and, and self-discipline. Also from the Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, just like what Israel did. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's what God promised. Not intimidation. But he promised power and strength. The Apostle Paul in the Romans 14, uh, he said, None of us live for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. Now, let, let's, let's actually discuss about this, this, uh, this sentence. We don't live for ourselves uh, only. In fact, we don't live for ourselves. But we live for God. That's what, what the apostles say. Now, the thing is, when we live for God, we are the servant of God. Agree? And then if we are the servant of God, our life is not us anymore. So suddenly when we accept Jesus, we've got a new identity. 
We are the servant of God. We are not the servant of ourselves anymore. Agree with that? Now, this is the thing though. When people put intimidation on you, hey William, you are not good enough. You are not strong enough. You are not clever enough. That's an old me. That's the previous William. The new William is actually the servant of God. The new William actually have a new identity. So when people actually intimidate me, that's irrelevant. That doesn't doesn't actually connect to me, my my new me. Because I'm the servant of God. The, The example of the David and Goliath is a very, very classic example of somebody actually resisting intimidation. Look at David, small boy against the big giant. Are we doing that? Are we actually clothing ourselves with a new identity or are we still the old one? Now look at, look at what, 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 the Bible, uh, what, what the Bible recorded. When Goliath actually um, putting down on Israel, this is what he said. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not the Philistine and are you not a servant of Soul. If we are still actually using our own image, our own identity, we are the servant of soul. That's what the enemy referring to us, servant to all, uh, uh, servant of soul. But Paul said differently. You are now a child of God. You are now the servant of God. Yeah. Our new identity. So when people actually intimate. That's irrelevant. That's an old me. Correct? Let's continue. Overcoming underestimate. Now, when we actually learn about the uh, David, David actually, um, uh, up to this point, David actually went through a lot of people underestimating him. We learned from a few weeks ago when the, uh, uh, in the previous uh, chapter of the first uh, Samuel, when, when, Prophet Samuel uh, came into JC. JC is actually the uh, um, David's dad. Say, hey, JC, you know, uh, you know, where are all your boys? One of them gonna be. Uh, I'm going to actually appoint them uh, as a as a king. And then JC don't even actually consider putting David as one of them. He's just a small boy. He's just taking care of sheep actually in the wilderness. He doesn't have this, this kingship material. He's not good enough. He's too young. He's just dealing with the sheep. He was being underestimated. And then if you read the first Samuel 17, Saul, uh, which is the king at that time, he also underestimated David. When David said to Saul, hey, look, I, um, you know, this is me. I'm going to actually fight Goliath. And then what did Saul say? You are a small boy. Are you sure? Goliath has been actually a soldier since he was young. You are a small boy. And then even Goliath himself underestimated David. If we read the, uh, uh, from the uh, uh, First Samuel 17, uh, verse 42, uh, 43, it says, He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy. Glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said uh, to David, am I a dog 
that you come to me uh, at me with a stick and the Philistine cursed David by his God. And more than that, David was underestimated by his own brother. We're going to read this. First Samuel uh, 17 verse 25 to 31. Now this is one of the Israelites actually say. Now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out uh, to defy Israel. The king will give, uh, will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David then asked, uh, asked, David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And recovers this disgrace from the Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. You know, Saul will give daughter and everything and everything. Repeat it again. When Eliab, now Eliab, uh, when Eliab, uh, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the man, he burned with anger and ha- uh, and at him and asked, "Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how considerate you are." And how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? Said David. Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else. And brought up the same matter. And the man answered him as before. What David said was overheard. And reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. Even his own brother. Eliab underestimate David. You're just a small boy. You should be in the wilderness taking care of few sheep. Why are you in the battle? Why are you actually in this, in this battleground? We always got underestimated by people. Maybe, maybe your employer, uh, you only know this, you know, I, I mentioned actually, in the, in, especially for, for a new starter or you, this is your first job, you just graduated, what they, what, probably what they do for, for the first one or two days is actually photocopying documents because they think that you don't know anything. People get, uh, uh, you get underestimated of what you know. In the, in the, in the uni or, or probably your lecturer or tutor probably thinks that you know nothing. You're just a student. They just actually tell you something that you already knew. They underestimate you. Maybe, maybe you are actually one of those child that actually in the uh, uh, that your parents actually underestimate you. Maybe every time there is a, a big responsibility, your parents always say, "No, no, just give it to your older brother. Just give it to your older sister. They know better. They are older. They are more experienced. You're just a junior. You're too young." Don't worry about taking care of this. Just, just give your sister. Give, give it to your brother. People underestimate us. Just like what happened to David. 
what does the Bible say? Normally, when people underestimate the most or, or the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, factors of uh, when people underestimate is because they see that you are too young. They see that you are junior. They see that you know nothing. Or on the extreme, they see that you are too old. You are too weak. You don't have the strength anymore. You are an old school. But the Bible actually says differently. 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That's what the young should do. How about the old? Job 12, verse 12. Is not wisdom found among the age? Does not long life bring understanding? Doesn't matter whether you are young or you are old. You are not being underestimated because you are valued by God. Now, this is the key. If we actually refer this back into the uh, the story of the uh, David and Goliath, when um, uh, in the first uh, first Samuel seventeen verse twenty six, David asked the man standing near him, "What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from the Israel? Who is this uh, circumcised uh, Philistine that should be defied the army of the living God?" Now remember. Before, uh, how did uh, Goliath actually refer to the Israel? You are the servant of Saul. What did David refer to himself? I am the army of God. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as what other label you? Servant of Saul? Somebody who doesn't know anything? Somebody who can't do anything. Somebody that's not good enough. Or do you see that I am the servant of God? I am the army of God. I am actually a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. How do you see yourself? Because the way you see yourself, that will determine how it will actually happen in in your future. That's what David saw himself. I am, we are the army of the living God. And then interestingly, if we, if we actually keep on reading, now we learned before that for the young, for the young, we should be actually an example in our conduct, in our speech, in our faith. Look at how, how David actually handled his faith. In, the, uh, in 1 Samuel uh, 17, verse 30 to 31, this is what David said. What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and remove the disgrace from the Israel? Who is this Arkansas Philistine that he should, he should divide the army of the living God? He then turned away to someone else. Someone else and brought up the same matters. And then uh, look at the, it's plural. And the man... And the man, uh, where is that? I, I lost it now. 
Uh, and the man answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. So this is what happened. So, so David actually kept on asking the people, uh, the, the uh, many, many groups of the army of God, hey, what will happen for somebody who can actually defeat Goliath? And then the, and then the people say, oh, the, the Saul will, will give the, uh, um, his daughter, will free, free up the text. And then uh, David said that, What's, what's going to happen? With, we are the army of God. And then he actually go to another group. What will happen uh, for the man who, uh, who defeat Goliath, who is defying the, uh, the, the, army of, uh, the, uh, the, sorry, the army of the Lord? And then people keep on saying, this is what will be done. And then he goes to another group. He goes to another group. He keep on doing that until that irritates the Eliab. Right? And then... Once Elijah got involved, Elijah tried to shut David down. He didn't stop. And then the Bible said, he kept on going. Asking people, what will be done uh, for, for those people uh, that defying the, the army of the Lord? What will happen uh, for those people that defy? You know what happened? Uh, while David is doing that, he was building up his faith. He keep on saying that we are the army of God. We are the army of God. We are the army of God. Never stop. Now, what happened with us? When we pray, when we have faith, oh, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying, uh, praying for my parents. I'm praying for my friends for salvation. After two weeks, God didn't answer. And then we stop. Now, what David did, he keep on doing that, if you read the Bible, until Saul overheard. Now imagine this, imagine this. If David asked that question and then stopped after two times, Saul will never actually knew. Because he kept on doing that until Saul sent for him. Are we praying just once or twice and then stop or until there is a result? And this is, this is another thing. When David actually building his faith by keep on saying that I am the army of God. I am the army of God. I am the army of God. He, he probably didn't notice. He actually also built up the faith of people around him. From people that actually believing that we are the servant of Saul. Now suddenly, no, you are the army of the living God. You are the army of the living. He was actually bringing up others' people's faith as well. So never underestimate your faith. When people actually see that your faith growing, when people actually start seeing the result in your life, people's faith will be lifted up as well. Now, I'm going to actually uh, give uh, a couple of quotes, uh, which uh, I think is very, very good. The first one uh, is from Dr. Kimberly D. Moore. So she's the senior pastor of Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Gastonia, in North Carolina. She said this, Never underestimate your influence in the lives of others. Never think you are not needed or that what you have to say doesn't matter. It is all part of God's plan to help us reach our purpose in life. Never underestimate your faith. Never underestimate what you say to others. 
another quote from Noah Karan, uh, which is uh, one of the world's leading digital advertising and marketing expert. He said this, when you underestimate what you are capable of, you are underestimating what God is capable of doing through you. How many of us underestimating ourselves? Ah, yeah, I don't think we can do that. I don't think we are good enough. That's too hard. That's for somebody else. That's not me. By saying that, you know that we are the temple of God? You are shrinking the temple of God in such a way that God cannot do big work through you. Are we believing God is good? Are we believing that God is great? Are we believing that God is big? If we are serving a big God, why we are only actually resulting a small result? If our channel, our body as a a temple of God is big enough for his work to be done through us, let it be. Why do we have to actually minimizing the work of God in us? Just because our faith is not good enough. Think about that. David is a very young boy. He was so small, even David, uh, even Goliath said that you are a very handsome young boy. But that little boy defeated a three meter giant. We may be limited into our height here, but there is no limit on the faith that you have. Your faith can, can be two, three times, four times, ten times actually higher than, than your, your height is. All right, so I just want to check my time. Huh? Okay, I've got, um, I'll, I'll do one more point. All right. So the, the third one is actually about the, uh, not by might, not by power, but by God's spirit. Now, let, let, um, so if, if you notice what we have been discussing so far, this is not even actually reaching the actual battle. All right, we are, we are still talking about this pre-battle. All right, so there are a lot of things that we can actually learn. Now, this is the key though. First Samuel seventeen forty five to forty seven. It said this. Now this is actually a conversation between David and Goliath before the battle. David said to the Philistine, "You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God, the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled." This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike, down, uh, strike, down, strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistines army to the birds and to the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saved, for the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give all of you into our hands. Now, pay attention on these words that David say. A lot of actually uh, things that we can actually learn from him. The battle hasn't even actually begun. It was from David's perspective, it was never about the physical battle. It was actually always about the mental thing. When we talk about physically, of course Goliath will win. But he was talking about the mental thing. He was talking about this, hey Goliath, this battle is not about me. This battle is to prove that there is God in Israel. That's the motive of David. This battle is about the, about the winning. This battle is actually about who owns the battle. And the battle is the Lord's. This battle is not actually about physical thing with the sword or javelin or spears. That's what David say. It was all about the heart. How, how was the, uh, David's heart before he entered the battle? Now, this is the thing, though. If we, when we translate this into our everyday life, we face problems. Of course, we face so many problems every day. Just like David facing Goliath. Probably not a physical problem, probably your mental problem, I don't know. But... But do we actually act like David, that he actually connect to God before the battle? Because I, I, I tell you what, most of us actually enter the battle or sol- try to solve our problem, bef- uh, not even actually involving the world. When we, when we are stuck with the problem, that's when we start praying to the Lord. Right? So when, when we suddenly having a problem, what do we do? If we can be totally honest, including me, we try to solve it first. That's why our prayer is always about help God, help. If we actually engage God first, we will actually ask, uh, ask God, God, I'm about to let you face this problem. I'll invite you into, uh, into my condition, into my life, work through me, rather than stuck in the middle Help God, help God, I'm stuck here. Because we always actually put God as the spare tire. Right? We never actually allow God to be at the front tire. That's what David did. He connects to God. Before he entered the battle. How many, including me, including me. What do, what do we do when we wake up in the morning? We look at our mobile phones, right? Or is it just me? <laughs> if everyone, probably just me. <laughs> I learned this the hard way, I'll tell you what. I'm not talking about spending one or two hours in prayer before you look at your mobile phones. When you, when you wake up, spend 5, 10, 15 minutes just actually prayer. God, I'm opening my mouth. Thank you for a good night's sleep. Whatever problem that's coming my way, I know that I'm actually with you because that's what you promised. You are with me. But we, bo- we always bother to check what happened in Facebook and Instagram last night. 
and then we claim that we want to involve God in everyday life? Think about that. Learn from David. If we, a small boy, can defeat the, uh, the giant. David say this. I, I shared this in the in the earlier in the earlier session. When I prepare this uh, this material, I was thinking like this: What was the chance for David to defeat Goliath? What what is the chance? You, you know, look. Um, with all the respect to David, all right? With all the respect to David, I respect him as a, a great warrior and everything. I respect him as a, being a very skillful in his uh, throwing stones and everything, all right? With all the respect. Now, imagine this situation. You are a small boy. In the Bible, it said David was running towards Goliath. While running... He slung a small piece of stone. That small piece of stone, one stone, one stone only, can go directly to Goliath's head. And then Goliath died just with one throw. Let me ask you this. What is the chance of that? What is the chance? A small stone while running can go into the right target first time. The enemy died first time. That's why he said before actually entering the battle, the battle is the Lord's. It was never his. Because the the story of David defeating Goliath itself is a miracle. It's, an, it's, a, it's a work of God. Yeah. And then we are here trying to actually solve our problem by ourselves. I'm going to close with this uh, something for you to actually ponder about. People always actually intimidate us. Regardless whether it's your family, your friends, your teacher, or whoever. The devil can actually use anyone can actually intimidate us. But remember this. God say. I don't give a spirit that make you timid. I give you strength. I give you power. And then, and then always put notice, you are not living for your own. You are the servant of God. You have a new identity. And then when people actually put judgment on you, put intimidation on you, that will not actually reflecting you anymore because that's your old you. Your new you is the servant of God. Remember, when people underestimate you, remember, you are bigger than that. You are the temple of God. God can do mighty things through you if you allow. All right? If you allow, never underestimate what God can do through you. Do you think that our God is only actually small enough can fit into your heart? No, He's a big God. Allow him to actually enter your heart fully. And then he can actually work through you. And then number three. Okay. Just remember. The battle is always the Lord's. Never ever take control of your own battle. Because by doing that. You are taking everything through your strength. 
And then it is uh, it is time for us to actually start involving God in our life. And then every time there is a problem, face it. Say, God is with me. The battle is the Lord's. Pray, let Him do the miracle for you. All right, God bless you.